Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we want to talk about building your circle. So Rochelle, this is, this is your term. I'm very interested to hear what your circle is and how that relates to uh, community. I know we talked about building community a few episodes ago. I think it was episode 13. We had Madeline Sklar come on, and she talked about her approach to building community, very social media-based and, mm-hmm. and before the show, you were saying that that for you, you know, maybe there's a slightly different take on this or a more. Well, you tell me, like, what is what do you see as building your circle and how does that uh, apply to business of authority? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I love what Madeline Sklar did and does with building community, and it uniquely suits her personality and her style. And so I think all of us have to kind of find that right combination of strategy and tactics that that fit our own style and our own audiences. But I tend to think of it as, and when I say your circle, it's really a series of concentric circles. So you have the smallest circle in the middle are it's it's the key voices and relationships um, in in your smallest um, your, your closest group. So that group might be like ten or fewer, and for some people it might just be a handful. And these are people that you ask for input, you ask ideas, you're vulnerable with them. You might say, "I'm thinking of doing X Y Z. What do you think?" Um, they're you know your highly trusted closest. Um, I don't even know if I want to say advisors because I'm not assuming you're paying them, but they're people who give you advice and it's presumably mutual. So that's the smallest inner circle. Yep. Kind of like a mastermind or something like that of people that you've got a close relationship with, very trusting. You understand each other's backstories, probably talk about really personal things like money and stress and all that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, you you open the cloak, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And then there's that, that the next circle is, and these are still people, uh, the word I would use is resonance, right? They're people that you resonate with. You might even call them friends. They wouldn't necessarily, for a variety of reasons, be the first person you go to for advice, but they're going to be in that, that next circle. And these could be Uh, former colleagues, they could be clients, they could be people you've met along the way. Um, Maybe you were on somebody's podcast and you started to have conversations um, and you start to kind of slowly build those relationships. So they're close. They're not necessarily, you know, as intimate as that inner circle. And then you know, you can kind of draw the line, you know, wherever it makes sense for you. Everybody's probably a little different. But then there's that next circle outside of that, which is is much bigger. And that could include, um, you know, really anybody where you've got resonance around your topic. Well, let me back up. You have personal resonance with the people in that circle. And then maybe, but not necessarily you have resonance around the topic. So you could even have media people, for example, in that circle where, you know, they're not somebody you would call a friend, but you've maybe you've given an interview with them or you've um, given them some background information and you know that their heart beats faster when they talk about, you know, a topic that's near and dear to you. Mm. So that sort of outer circle, it's not quite 
Seth Godin's tribe. I think it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, but it's um, an example where you, where I would see this coming into play is is when you you're promoting a book, for example, and these are the people in that in that. Um, from the very inner circle to the this outer one that I'm just describing that are really going to help you get the word out about your book because they resonate with you personally and or with your idea. You know, they're your circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that so that's kind of like, you know, it, it could, I think it's a little bit different than a worldview too. It's, it sounds more like, more like, um, you're sort of fighting the same fight. Like maybe somebody's mm-hmm. a software developer and somebody's a journalist, but they both have a similar mission or purpose or cause or or even just a, a strong interest. You know, like my in my former life, I was a pretty serious musician. So when I come across people in that field that are trying to get something done, if they click with the old me, I kind of automatically am on their side. I automatically want yeah. to help them if there's some way that I can do that. Yeah. Is that and, kind of what you're I, describing? Yeah, it is. And, and I think part of this is, I think a lot of us, um, if not all of us, sort of have these circles instinctively. But what I think most of us don't do is we don't consciously think of them that way. It's strategically as this circle. And especially when you start to get to the outer bands, you know, you, you have to work to keep enlarging that circle or to keep it relevant, which means you, you have to touch them in some way, whether that's, you know, you're sending them an email or you're sharing something on social media or you actually pick up the phone and call them or Skype with them. But when you're when you think about it strategically and I love to just kind of have this picture somewhere on my wall or my desktop or even in just a little notebook that I carry around. Um, I like to see that circle. And then when I meet people think, okay, so where do they fit in this? Are they, are they part of the circle? And, and what would I want to communicate with them in the future? How do I want to sort of get to know them and interact with them and build relationships? Right. Yeah. So I, it's funny. I go through these, sometimes when I get busy, I don't do it as much, but I try to be, when I'm on the look, I'm sort of, uh, got this back background process in my mind where I'm on the lookout always for connecting people, not necessarily people, but connecting a person to an idea or a resource mm-hmm. or another person. And I have friends who are really clearly uh, make it a point to introduce people who they think should meet, which I think is a really uh, a nice thing to do. It's usually pretty useful, assuming that the person's good at it, <laughs> at, at, at matchmaking. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about, but that's one thing. Uh, for me, it's usually more like, you know, somebody expresses an interest in something or they've got some mission or they're trying to accomplish something. And I'm, you know, and I'll be like, oh, have you heard about this thing? Or you should really check out this site if you haven't heard it yet or a podcast. And I kind of do that I, I try to do that all the time. I think I'm pretty good about it. So when I mm-hmm. come across something, when I have someone in probably that, well, really any of the circles, but but probably the outermost one is the one that's hardest to remember to do because you don't know those people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think like, hey, wouldn't it, you know, it's because, yeah, you're kind of building a relationship with them and maybe there'll be some reciprocity at some point. But I swear, I really don't think about that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what's interesting. I know that this person is really into, you know, the whatever legal ramifications for 
uh, creating business loans for medical marijuana businesses. And boom, I hear see this article. I'm like, wow, it's like, <laughs> like I got I have to send this to, you know, Jeff or whatever. And the, the, I think you can, so this is, I, I, this might be a tangent, but I find it much more, of course, it's more easy to do that with people who have a clearly articulated focus and yes. you don't need to know them very well. They just need to have a mission in life. And what's interesting is it makes it easier for other people, you know, in this case, me, to send them things that would be of interest to them, to connect them to ideas or people or thought leaders that they should really know about. But they're really huge chunks of the people I know. And, you know, I'm no spring chicken. So I have a, I've met a <laughs> lot of people in my life and the vast majority of them, I don't really know what they're into. I don't know what they care about. I don't know what gets them excited. Like you said, makes their heart pound. So it's really hard to help those people. So it's nice to, I don't know, I guess I'm just sort of a general thought. It's like, if you do have something like that and you make it pretty public, a thing that you talk about, maybe it could, it could be as simple as like a particular charity that you're, you know, mm -hmm. interested in. Then it makes it easier for other people to stay connected with you because they, they, you know, there's a way that they can help you. It's almost like I also collect like uh, bottle openers, like vintage bottle openers or unusual bottle openers. So it's, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now I guess everyone does. <laughs> so it's really easy to buy presents for me because you know what I mean? It's the same kind right. of thing. It's like if you right. express this strong interest in a particular thing, it makes it really easy for other people to include you in, you know, when they're, when they're trying to reach out. Anyway, kind of a tangent and it's kind of the reverse of what you're talking about. No, I don't think that's a tangent, actually, because I mean, it, it, the, the full tangent would be to take it down and talk about, well, this is why you want a niche, because then people will remember you for that. But I think, you know, the point that you're making there is really important when you think about building brand, because those little things and everybody has them are what people remember. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I put my um, my rescue dog on my site. And he's been on there almost since the very beginning when, when, when we got him. And I actually got a client one time from that. And that wasn't my <laughs> intention. It, it wasn't at all, you know, but it was, it, it, it happened. And, and I had people send me rescue dog things. Um, so it's, it's pulling your personality out in any way, whether it's your website or social media, or just when you meet somebody, it's, it's hugely helpful because people want to help you generally. Mm. Right. Yeah. It kind of, that kind of gets back a little bit to something we've touched on before about, you know, if, if you're a soloist and you're working on your website and you're deciding what to write, don't write. We, mm. you know, be yourself, talk about your interests, not, not to exclude, you know, like it should be tempered. I, I don't want to read an entire website, like all about you and all the things that you, you know, it all started right. uh, back right. in a small town and, <laughs> You know, I don't want to know that, but you know, a couple of interesting things. Oh, you ski. Like I've had a lot of people mention that they, they see in my LinkedIn that I graduated from Berkeley music school, not, not the tech, not right. the double E, the EY. The double E, right. right. Sorry. Yeah. I went to the E, the double E and, uh, <laughs> and uh, tons of people mention that. That gets mentioned regularly. Oh, I'm a recovering guitar player too. Like, uh, you know, Steve Vai, am I right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, uh, it's almost meaningless related to what I do. It doesn't have a direct correlation, certainly not an obvious correlation to what I do now, but it is a point of connection that 
that is surprisingly strong. Even when I meet someone over, over email for the first time and we, you know, and we can talk about shredding for three sentences, <laughs> it, it really, it helps. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, because we connect with other people as people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we care about. And it's, it's, it's a lot softer way to get to know somebody than, oh, tell me about the software that you developed, <laughs> you know, or the credit unions that you've served, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's way more interesting to hear that you have, you know, 75 bottle openers. Right. Yeah, it is. It is kind of. So yeah. what's the, what's the, I don't want to make it sound too um, um, clinical, but I know yeah. a lot of people I, I talk to about, you know, when they first are starting out and they're trying to get a, a new business off the ground, one of the things I recommend doing is reaching out to your personal network. And, and when I say personal, mm-hmm. I mean friends, family, colleagues, people that people who you actually know, people who would get on the phone at the drop of a hat, you know, not non-strangers. And people are like, oh, I don't really know anybody. I'm like, really? Oh, I'm I'm super introverted. And I just don't, I don't have it. I don't have that many. I just really, and I, I just find, I mean, of course this is possible, but it seems improbable in sort of a Facebook universe where an adult doesn't have friends from school or where Mm -hmm. they grew up or extended Mm -hmm. family. I mean, I, if that's true, I feel bad. You know, that's a yes, bad that situation. That's sad. sad, right? Yeah. But I don't get this. It, it happens too often for that to actually be the case. It's more like, it, I feel like it's more like they know a bunch of people, but their relationships are all completely stagnant. Like they haven't talked to them in, in 20 years or that sort of thing, you know, and that the circle of mm. people around them that they actually do communicate with on a regular basis is either extremely small or they can't envision any way that that group of people could help them. Like, oh, maybe they play pool on a Tuesday night with a bunch of drinking buddies and they're like trying to start a, you know, a coaching business. And they're like, those guys, those are not my, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but those guys know people, you know? So just talk about your ideas, spread it around. So, so again, I'm not, this is a long way of saying, I'm not trying to be super clinical about it. It's like, uh, or, or, um, self-serving, but I do want to get, your your feedback on how having those circles because it's not no work to maintain those relationships and to connect with more people how does that for people who are less comfortable with it is there some roi that you can describe that comes from that like how does someone who's got a big idea kind of leverage that those circles to amplify their message for example wow the roi question is a really good one um I mean, I think about ROI being different in different stages of the development of someone's business. So like if you're just starting out and you have this idea, the ROI comes from honing the idea with with talking to and more importantly, listening to um, (laughs) the people in, in your potential audience. And of course, you know, you have to pick very carefully who you talk to about what, you know, when you have just this small burning idea and it's just getting started, you don't want to speak to the hypercritical person first. Right. It's too right? easy to sniff out. Yeah. You want the person who's going to ask questions and listen and give you some, you know, pointed feedback while still, you know, protecting the germ of the idea. Um, but I think as you go along in your business, then the ROI changes because that person, and, and this is the thing, there's this magic and you just never know where it's going to come from. 
That's why you almost can't do it clinically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can define a process, but there is a spark, there is a magic to this process, and that's the resonance. So it might be that you 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 know you get really nervous about it, but you reach out to somebody in your LinkedIn audience, and they agree to talk to you, and you have a you know a half hour discussion on something. And that person isn't going to buy from you, um, but that person was struck by something that you said or did and basically passes it on mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. And that could become a client. It could be um, a media connection. That person gets a call and says, gee, uh, from the New York Times, says, gee, I'm, that's not my topic, but you really should talk to Jonathan Stark about that. Um, so the ROI comes from um, the relationships. It also comes from um, the investment that you make in that relationship. In other words, you're giving that other person ROI. And, you know, because this isn't a one-way street. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the point is Mm -hmm. that it's a two-way street. Right. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't really – it doesn't really – you know, maybe you've got some thoughts on this. For me, I I can't come down and say, yes, this is going to give you a 30% ROI. (laughs) Uh, but, but we know that done well, and don't let that be intimidating because everybody can do this well. You just do it in your own style, your own yep. way at a steady pace, mm-hmm. right? Um, this pays off. It's other people that help you get what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I invented this term, but I like it, which is I, I see this as increasing your luck surface area. So... It, because it's because all of a sudden it's just like like magic and you can feel when it starts to happen because mm-hmm. you start to and I think it's very strongly in combination with what we touched on earlier about about having a clearly articulated interest or mission or goal or identity or something you need to have some kind of some sort of place where you fit in someone's mind like when they think of yeah. credit union, uh, innovation, they think of, you know, that's not my thing, but you know, it's, it could be like, people could think of me that way, but you, you need mm-hmm. to create a little bit of a pigeonhole in people's minds so that when something crosses their radar, they immediately think, Oh, that reminds me of this guy I met at a party. Right. You know, and, or, you know, uh, I think I read that on LinkedIn. Let me go, hold on. Let me look. You gotta, you gotta check this out. And <laughs> if you do that, like it, the human brain is really bad at, kind of network effect, like getting, getting, um, an intuition about exponential numbers. It's just not like the human brain works in a very linear way. So when you imagine things multiplying instead of just growing linearly, you can't, it's crazy. It's crazy how fast it happens. I did a thing on the list uh, uh, maybe a month or two ago about, I just asked the list, okay, how many people here know people who, who have, uh, either have or breed or are connected to thoroughbred horses, people who own thoroughbred horses. I had like 40 people get in touch with me that, I mean, how random is that? Like such a small, small thing. It seems like it'd be the smallest little drop in the bucket. And I don't know, like 2% of my list was like, yeah, yeah, I know somebody. I can put you in touch with somebody who, who, uh, uh, like serves does I don't know what the service was, but does some kind of service up and down the entire East Coast for all the thoroughbred horse owners on the entire East Coast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what jackpot? <laughs> I was like, oh, I should start some kind of thoroughbred horse marketing positioning. But <laughs> anyway, the point is that to get back to the ROI thing, like you said, it's very hard 
to predict how it's going to pay off. But assuming that what you're trying to do is spread an idea, which that is kind of the fundamental premise here. If, mm-hmm. if what you're trying to do is spread an idea, you're trying to spread the idea to not trees, not dogs, people. <laughs> so the more people you know, the better, the more, the, the higher the odds of you being able to spread that idea to other people. So I, I think it, it's, yeah. it's highly likely that it's going to pay off. You just got to do it. Well, I think the other thing is, um, in this day and age, we've we've gotten a little spoiled with this idea of, oh, I want to make my idea go viral. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten <laughs> that sound, start with something like that. And, you know, that's great when it happens. There isn't a formula, no matter what anybody tells you, there is not a formula to make something go viral. You just never know. You can, you can do your best. Um, but it's about connecting with people, mm-hmm. with people. You know, one to one or sometimes with a list, you know, one to many where it feels like there's a one to one aspect of that relationship. And it's I, I think people underestimate the value of that. And it, it hasn't changed with um, with the proliferation of email and social media. There is we still we're humans. We crave connection. And we when we get a spark, you know, because it's of an idea or a resonance with the person's values, or an interest in their activities, um, you know, it, it it gels for us, and it helps that it, it it sort of greases the skids to get your idea out there. So I just want to make sure we you know we're clear that you know you can be an introvert, um, but you still you know you still communicate with people. Right. Yeah. the the thing that The thing that I think helps is if you do have. This, this is very, can be very ponderous and, and like, uh, you know, motivational postery of, you know, like Tony, I'm going to invoke <laughs> Tony Robbins here, I suppose. But it's, it's like, if you, even if you are introverted and you have, you feel very, a lot of social anxiety, if you do have a big idea, if you do feel like there's, you're serving a larger purpose, I think it helps make, give you a little more courage when it comes to situations like that, because yes, you feel awkward or you have some kind of small fear, or maybe it feels like a huge fear, but you kind of connect to other people on behalf of the idea because you believe yes. that it will make the world a better place. So you, it gives you courage, which is not lack of fear. It is the, it's acting in the face of fear. Like you feel the fear, but you act anyway. Anyway. Yeah. And if you're just trying to serve yourself, if you're just like, oh, I just really need to find some more clients to make some more money, then the fear can trump the the pain of needing the clients. But if the, if the benefit that you're trying to get to, if the sort of, you know, if I overcome this fear, I could help a million people, then that's sort of, you get that network effect again. It's like, okay, so the benefit to all of those people and my desire to achieve that kind of overwhelms my little fear about connecting with these people. So it, I think it, it yeah. helps build, you know, if you do, if you can look at it in that way, it helps you overcome that social anxiety that you might have. But like you said, as long as you do it in your own fashion, as long as you do it, it's fine to do it in your own way. Yeah. And it's, I I call those, those people situational extroverts (laughs) and, you know, I've worked with a lot of them over the years, but, but, and there's one in particular I'm thinking of who's very quiet and, and uh, not shy. He's just quiet, a little bit retiring. Um, what I would call a rocket scientist, really Mm -hmm. smart. Um, you, he gets up on a podium 
And it's like, it's like somebody turned a switch on <laughs> because it's about this idea. And he's, you know, he's, 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 um, very well educated, well read. He knows his topic, including tons and tons of research that he can just cite on the fly. And he just has this energy about him. And then he gets off the podium and he's this quiet, mild mannered <laughs> yeah. person. Exactly. Right. Yes. That's yeah. And it's, it's, but it's not about being somebody you're not. Cause when he does that, he's not playing a role. He's not acting. He's being himself. He's channeling, you know, what's really wonderful about him and his knowledge. And he's doing it in a way that he shares that excitement and expertise with his audience. So, I mean, I just think that's how, you know, when you're um, an introvert, you think of it that way. And then you, you design your day and your situations so that they can serve your energy. Nice. Yes. So let's, we're, we're probably getting a little bit toward the end of the show. Let's, can we loop back to get a little bit tactical for people? I don't think we've touched on any specific tactics for building that, especially the outer ring of that circle, but maybe the inner rings too. So, you know, what other than, I think we, I think we said briefly that, you know, sending links to people or introducing them and that kind of thing, but what could someone do to create a practice of regularly doing that kind of, I don't know if you want to call it outreach. Yeah. Well, this is going to sound like beyond boring and anal, but I'll tell you, um, is it, it have a spreadsheet literally, um, especially when, when we're working on books, I'll have a spreadsheet, um, not just for myself, but for clients as well. And you put people on there as you come across them because otherwise you forget that you'll remember the inner circle. You'll probably remember the next circle. It's when you get beyond that, it's harder. And so for example, um, maybe somebody uh, joins your list. Well, of course, they're in your 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 contacts and your list information, and you might even slice and dice them there. But you're not going to remember that they asked you about ice cream, mm-hmm. right? So have the database, segregate it by circles, put people's name in there. Um, you can put their email, but you probably have it in your email client. Um, you know, as, as I keep it really simple, and and just put two or three words in there so you remember who they are. Like, is it that they're media or they joined your list from Twitter or LinkedIn? How did you meet them? Joe Schmo introduced you and, and, you know, two or three words about what they're interested in. And again, it sounds very calculated, but I find it's a way to remember. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, so how do you deal with that? So in theory, you know, you should look at that list at least once a week and say, hmm, gee, I haven't, I haven't talked to Harold for a while. Um, maybe I should just reach out and see what he's up to. Because the last time I talked to him, um, he was starting this business or he was starting a new job or those kinds of things. So it gives you those, those cues. And obviously, if you have a CRM system, if you're that far along, you'll have all that in there. But short of that, this is really a way to keep track of your circle and build it into your day or your week, depending on how often you do it. Um, there was a guy uh, who's really a mentor of mine a number of years ago, and he was brilliant at relationships. And he would every day, he would, you know, open up his laptop and he'd, he'd say, who can I help today? And he would go through his CRM and find no matter what, before he started the day, he would pick three people that he would help or connect with in some way. 
And I, I mean, it's such a, I mean, it's such a small thing, but he'd been doing that for like 30 years. Mm. Everybody loved him. He's generous with that. Yeah, that's, a, that is, I, I like Amazing. to imagine a day when I have the time to feel like I could do that, but I know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because, the, you know, back to the luck surface area, if you do that, you're going to be set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, yeah. if you just go out and help three people, I mean, so I have a, a sort of lazy, but similar kind of, it's a, it's a little bit lazier. I don't have a spreadsheet. Uh, I probably, probably mostly service that second circle, the second circle that you mm -hmm. described, sort of people that I kind of know casually. I don't know that well, but I know enough about them to know what they're into. And I, uh, to be honest, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I did go through a phase recently where I did it religiously every single day. I put it in my little productive app, which is this recurring to-do list that comes back every day. And I cannot sleep unless I've crossed off all the things <laughs> in that list. I'm like on a, a huge streak and I'm not going to break it. If I have to stay up all night, I'm not going to break it. So uh, one of the things that was on there, although I've taken it off now, I should probably put it back on, was connect with one person. Like, and 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 to help them so not just to be like a parasite but like find someone <laughs> connect with them in a way that's helpful to them and it it probably took five minutes most days maybe it would take 15 minutes on on days where i found someone who's really inscrutable but it's really not that much work and it and mm -hmm. in i did that um you know monday through friday for like six or eight weeks and on linkedin and it was just like i was I don't want to say I was buried in connection requests, but it was obvious that it was working. You know, I was yeah. getting all sorts of people recommending me to other people. I got a reporter calling me from the Credit Union Times last week that, you know, wanted to interview me. People are introducing me to other people to have phone calls. I'd like, these are complete strangers. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it definitely works, but I do think you have to have some kind of system, maybe a spreadsheet. I mean, maybe, maybe people listening, the dear listener is like, no way. Cause that's how <laughs> there's like, no way I'm doing that. <laughs> like, I like to imagine that someday I would do that, but it's a little, my approach is a little more lackadaisical. Back when I used to read my RSS feeds all the time, I used to be really big into RSS when I was heavy, heavy into tech. I used to keep up with the tech news, like an animal and Every single day, there were at least one or two articles that I'd be like, oh, I got to send this to, oh, I got to send this to, and it would be past clients. It would be uh, maybe employees from a past client that were now somewhere else. And it was a really, really easy way to kind of get things on people's radar, especially if they were, you know, client type people, full-time employees, they don't have time to go through like tech feeds on a you know regular right. basis. So I'm sending them basically breaking news. So they look smart at work. Like, hey, did you guys see this new AI thing? And, you know, it, it's, it was really, it was painless. It was fun. It was, be, it was reverse. It was even more than painless. It was like kind of fun. So I should, I, yeah. I'm, I'm again, therapy, my weekly therapy session, <laughs> my weekly business counseling. <laughs> I, I stopped doing it because the, the, um, the area I picked, I stopped doing it for, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, I guess. But the thing that, the thing that was like, actually, here's, you know why? I stopped doing it because I took it off my to-do list. I was like, oh, I'm in the habit of this. I don't need to have it on my mm -hmm. recurring to-do list anymore. And I took it off and I stopped doing it. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I actually kind of miss it, but not enough to remember to do it. You know what I mean? But I kind now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, that was kind of fun. I bet I know what you're doing when we're done with the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to put that back on my list. 
But I want to come back to the spreadsheet idea because I'm not going to let that go. Okay. And I know it sounds so anal and, and it could be a piece of paper. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, tech. But here's what happens. Like a lot of times I'll have people come to me after they've been working on their idea for a while. These are not people who've just started, but they've been at it for a while. And then they're at that point where, you know, I think I want to write a book. And so my question is, all right, so let's look at your circle. And the the sheer thought of trying to put together a list of all those people, and because they're not organized in LinkedIn or in Twitter, they're not organized in any way, that's really hard for people. And it's like this giant mountain to climb. And they're like, oh, I can't do this. So if you just do it as you go, is so much easier. Or again, if, if you're if you've got an ongoing concern, you might actually have a CRM system and you know you take care of it there. Right. But it's right it's the act of writing it down and segregating it in some place where you can touch it later that will help you when you need it. Because these are people who you've helped. They want to help you. They resonate with you and or your ideas in a way that the whole world doesn't. And those are the people when you, uh, particularly when you write a book about that idea, those are going to be your acolytes. Those are the people who are out there, you know, shouting from other mountaintops to their <laughs> groups. And it, it, it can make a huge difference when you're, you know, when you're launching something. Yeah, you don't want to be that person that's just like, hey, I haven't heard from me in 20 years. But you know what? Could you promote my book for me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, we've all had those it's emails. Gross, yeah. right? Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So talk me into it. Like, what is the, or talk me through it. What's the, so, okay, you convinced me I'm going to create a spreadsheet. I've got three circles on it. I can fill up the, the first circle easy. I know I could list the names off the top of my head. Second circle, less so, but I could probably put 50 names on it off the top of my head. Where do I start with a blank sheet and just add names to it as they come? Or should you, would you recommend, you know, thinking about it a little bit and trying to get, a, you know, 100 people in there or something and so that at least you've got you know, some place to look where once a week you're going to like, all right, who, who on these lists can I help today? It's funny you said 100 because I always think with book marketing in particular, you want to have 100 people on that list. So I, I think you do whichever will make you start faster. So, at, you know, if you think about going back through uh, who you know, that might take a little more time. So certainly start fresh, you know, start today. And today I'm just going to look for that opportunity and I'm going to add one name to the list. And then as you can, what'll happen is somebody will jog your memory or you can go back through your email and find those people. I have a category I keep in my email called future clients. <laughs> and and they may never be a client, but they're they're they kind of fall into that third category. They're people that I resonated with in a discussion or a social uh, media exchange, and we've had some kind of email because you know I've I've had an email to file there. And every so often, I'll like look at that list and make sure that you know I've added them to to my my world. So um, you know, start today. Don't worry about what's happened yesterday. Start today and go forward. And then as you start to do it, kind of like you found with your uh, your reaching out, I think at some point you'll go back and look at who else you knew. You might look in emails. You might look in like a LinkedIn exchange or Twitter uh, tweets, something in Facebook. 
Um, it'll jog your memory. And then you start to look for it. it. It's a little bit like when you blog, everything's a story. Right. Everything's a potential story. Well, so now everything's a potential relationship. And you start to just look at it with new eyes. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Now, okay, now, you, now I'm not kidding. You actually did just convince me because... <laughs> I have that exact same exact same experience with doing a daily email list because ev- everything that happens to me all day is potential list fodder. I yeah. call it, you know. So I've got, mm-hmm. I've got a, uh, and what happens is ideas give you other ideas, and then and I've got this gigantic backlog of ideas. Like people always are like, "How do you come up with all the ideas to write daily?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. Writing daily creates ideas." Mm-hmm. I have like two. Mu- I'll never be able. To, I could live to be 300, and uh, and the ideas are just going to multiply faster than there are days in the week. So there's like it's wild. So if if you imagine that the same kind of thing holds true with relationships, a, a daily practice presumably would have a similar result. Wow. All right. It does. Success. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. We should probably, is there anything else we should say before we wrap up? I, I, listen, I, I just convinced you. <laughs> I, I don't, I know about our listeners that, that I'm, I'm ready to stop after that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can, I can count the number of people on one hand who changed my mind. So there you go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Right. <laughs> Inner circle. All right. So <laughs> It is, that is funny, too, because I call my email list the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next week for The Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.